Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Podcast. My name is Ryan Janke, and as always, and I don't care that Sarah's not here to... to uh, it's, as, it's as always. Yeah, it's as always, because as always, I'm with Pastor DJ Lura, and whenever we do a telethon, we have Dave Gunlickson. There it is. I didn't, know we, I didn't know we had a live uh, crowd here. Well, yeah. <laughs> this it's, is it's, huge. It's the telethon. <laughs> Dave, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. I love it. Love being with you guys again. Good. We're glad you're here. Uh, I like the setup better, too. Last year, we were like on these like panel tables, and, and I was sitting about 100 feet away from Dave, and I could barely see him. It kind of echoed back to me as you spoke. I had to wait for it to get to me. <laughs> right. There's, there's a delay. So now we're right here, and this is great, man. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to have you here. So, uh, uh, how's the weather compared to last time you were here? I don't even rem- remember. You know, it was a balmy 48 this morning when I woke up. And so, <laughs> I don't ever get to come to Fargo unless it's below 50 for sure. <laughs> You're going to think it's like this all the time, and for the most part, it is. Uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, I, when I pulled up last night in my shorts and sandals, I uh, was not quite prepared for well, the weather. It is such a, a, a schizophrenic... <laughs> Uh, way to live. If you, if, for those who can see us now for a change, I have on like four layers and a sweatshirt and Ryan has on just a t-shirt and he probably yeah. has shorts on. I'm not going to look, <laughs> but you know, it, it's for, when, for me in the fall, when it gets below 50 degrees, that's, that's sweater time. Cause then I feel safe. That's terrible. Um, but you ever notice though, that when spring comes and mm-hmm. it's 50, it's, <laughs> it's cause you're acclimated. <laughs> you're acclimated by then. No, it's got to be shorts weather until at least 30 degrees, I think. Yeah. At least? At least. Oh, boy. Yeah. You know, it's funny, though, because when I was in college, I remember I was that kid who was going to wear shorts all year. So all through the winter, walking to classes in Iowa wearing shorts. Now I'm like, what was I doing? <laughs> it's cold. <laughs> well, that was my experience moving back here. When I um, was in high school, I lived in, in the Seattle area and lived there for since I was 10. But I moved back here when I was 18. And you could tell uh, at about the beginning of October who was from North Dakota and who wasn't. Absolutely, yes. Because all of us who hadn't lived here for a good chunk of time uh, were in, like, full snowsuits. And (laughs) it's 50 degrees outside. That's great. So, well, Dave, we're we're happy that you came back. Love seeing you. Thanks. It's so good. I do have a bone to pick with you, though. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Throwing the gauntlet down right away. It's clear in the air right away. Yep. So we went on a mission trip down to Minneapolis. Yes. And I walked in. We did the permanent site two, two times. In Coon Rapids? In, in uh, Egan. In Egan, okay. Yeah, in Egan. And I walked in and I said, hey, anybody know Dave Gunlickson around here? And they're no. like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. oh, oh yeah. They okay. claimed you. Okay. Yeah, they claimed <laughs> you. And they said, actually, uh, he said you guys were going to be here. So he wasn't. <laughs> no, they never said that. They never said that. They did say that you were going to try to make it, but you didn't make it. So I thought you were. I thought you were. You were stiffing us. Uh, no, not definitely not. In fact, you know, it's crazy. Two years ago, when COVID, before COVID, I was at Egan every day, and now my desk is gone. Uh, <laughs> I work from home, and uh, I don't even have a desk at Egan anymore. And so we've changed <laughs> things around quite a bit. So I don't get there very often anymore. Yeah, they said that you were. You were uh, um, along, like the other side of town, right? Uh, actually, yeah. I live 
as I tell people, I get to live in Wisconsin, so I get to live on God's side of the river. <laughs> and so I get to go home to the promised land every night. So oh, that's man. funny. So I tell you what, we're doing things a little bit different. As you can see, we are live at the FMSC Fargo Mobile Pack Telethon. And well, now they walked away, so we must be good. I was getting word that we might be a little too hot for on air. But it looks like, are we good now? You mean the mics, right? Not, uh, you know. Uh, oh, bring the, bring bring the mic closer. closer to your face. I got gotcha. you. Nice. There you go. When you say we're too hot, uh, Ryan, I thought you were implying that we have uh, faces made for podcasts. I thought that that's what they were implying. <laughs> it's certainly <laughs> But evidently we were too loud is, yeah, what, is okay. what the deal was. So, well, again, it's, yeah, I'm just ribbing you. Of course, of course. <laughs> we're, we're glad you're here. We're, we're glad that you came up here for the second uh, annual telephone. You know, and I was actually there that time in Egan. You just couldn't recognize me with my face mask and hair. <laughs> <not>, so <laughs> That's true. I've been able to fly under the radar a little more these days. So. You have a great, sta- great staff there at, in, in Egan. Uh, I'm sure everywhere, but uh, they were wonderful. Well, you know, I can't say enough about Egan. And, and what people don't know, this may be about our permanent sites, is when we first closed down when COVID happened, for that whole summer before we could have volunteers back in until we figured it out, our staff came and packed every day. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. And so they stood, those staff, and packed eight hours a day every day to wow. make sure food kept happening. And so uh, all of our sites across the country, our permanent sites, really the hats off, they kept this thing moving while we were trying to figure out what was going to be next. And they've been incredible throughout this entire thing. That's crazy yeah. because I'll do a two-hour session. Right. And I, I realize uh, the permanent site's different from the mobile site. You know, the, the equipment's a little bit different. But, like, I will do the, the sealer. Right. And at the mobile site, my back is screaming at me after the, the, the time is up. Mm, yeah. And, and so I can't imagine them doing that for eight hours a day. For most of the summer, they packed 40 hours a week. Wow. I'd be breaking out the icy hot. Oh ice packs. man, yeah. Did you did you bring in ice baths for them? <laughs> you know, I, it's funny. We we packed with the New York Giants about I don't know six or seven years ago in New York City when I was there. Really? And one of their starting linebackers came up to me afterwards. He had been doing the bags. He's like, "This is harder than training camp. This my back is killing me." Yeah. You know, I made the offhanded comment to him. This is why you don't win many football games. Um, but uh, after we got through that moment with him, but uh, really, it was even an NFL football player. This ripped guy was just saying that is a bit tedious. If you do it for a long time, that same bag thing over and over. So yeah. Oh, Ryan, we got we got an announcement. We are now joined by. The one and only, and if you're watching live, you can't see it right now, we'll get that fixed. Amy Okason. Hello. Amy, how's it going? There she is. We'll get, we'll get it fixed, Amy. Huge, well, that's all right. I'm not worried. A, a huge fan of our live studio audience. Yes. Amy Okason. <laughs> I had to have a lunch break in there, so thank you all for just starting and rolling with us here. Well, yeah. No, no problem. Th- this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. That's I mean, right. This is, Ten hours today. <laughs> there she is. Yeah. All right. Hello, my friends. There, there she is. So. And did you guys give the updated total? I hear we have an updated. We total. have an updated oh. total. This is as of, uh, one twenty-three p.m. That's right. Are you giving it? It is sure. Oh wait, oh, wait do you wait, have wait. it? Do you have the exact? Oh, we wait, need to do now. The, the, we have the exact number right in front of you. Here, we're gonna break oh, some glass. That's not. Oh, that's number. not it. The oh. exact. Number is twenty two thousand and twenty dollars. Wow, five thousand oh. more than that. Wow. wow, that's phenomenal. And that was probably five minutes ago when I kind of 
right at lunch. So I bet it's even more now. That so thank is you, fantastic. My you know, that puts us at right about $7,000 an hour. That's right. And so if we could get that hourly total up and we could really, this could be quite a day here. That's right. And you know, all these people who are going to hear this podcast next week. Thank you for uh, humoring <laughs> us. And you can continue. <laughs> you can continue to give at fmsc.org slash Fargo to help us feed 5,479 kids for yes. a whole year. And Amy, just before you walked in, we were talking about the permanent sites uh, and, and how the staff at those permanent sites packed all summer long, 40 hours a week, packing meals. That's right. Just nonstop. And I think about that now, you know, for two hours, I praise them and, and, <laughs> and for the back pain they probably had from s- standing that way all day. <laughs> But they believed in feeding kids, and it was a way that they could continue to be yeah. active, right? Yeah, Dave? I mean the things, the ways that the things that happened early on in the pandemic, and the ways that people chipped in to figure this out. You know, we were down for just a very short amount of time before staff had found a company that could machine pack, mm-hmm. and then our staff was back in the site shortly thereafter, packing every day. And so it was amazing to watch folks rally. Mm-hmm. There was no quit in this group for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so how are how are things going now as of today? Yeah, as of today, I mean, it's uh, it's a bit crazy still because we, you know, if you would have asked me back when we relaunched Mobile Pack on June first officially, mm-hmm. you know, I, I assumed we may have made all these rules and all these changes and social distancing and masks and you know checking questions when people came in the door. I thought by November of this year we'd be in a different place, but yeah. you know, certainly we're not. That's not the case, and and so we've continued to adapt. So you know, we're excited that we've had close to forty to fifty Mobile Packs already happen. Um, we have a you know hundred over hundred on the calendar for this fiscal year. All of our sites are open six days a week, still packing. Um, somebody has now donated a machine to feed my starving children, so we have our own facility now in Egan where we're doing machine packing as well oh, to wow. supplement. That's cool. Um, yeah, it was an incredible donation from one of our mobile pack families, and um, it it really is food is continuing to happen at a rapid pace. So I I guess I kind of wonder like I mean uh, in pretty much every industry every business. Um, every ministry you've had to adapt over the last year and a half. What were some of the, the really like when it came to a a realization that we're going to need to put the mobile packs on hold for a season and figure out how to do this. I mean, was there some dreaming going on as to how to make it efficient and work, even if you can't have people meeting. And then when you reopen what the protocols were going to be. Yeah. I mean, so a couple of things maybe to speak to that, you know, so we had, we had laid off 58 mobile pack staff last August. Uh, and there were six of us that remained, and the six of us spent uh, pretty much every day together for the next year trying to create a, a safe program. Mm-hmm. We have a team at FMC now that meets every Wednesday, our COVID team, and they're looking at all of our sites and our staff and our mobile packs, making sure that the safety continues to happen. Mm-hmm. And so really, there, and the adaptations would be most of our staff now works from home um, as a way of just continuing to do the work. But really the biggest difference of this last year, last year and a half, two years of COVID has been the FMSC base all over the country, really all over the world, the donations have continued to pour in. That's mm-hmm. great. In ways that we could never have imagined. Uh, the donations have been incredible. Even from hosts who couldn't do their event, hosts were still sending money in to support. And then we were able to s- unleash these machine packers to continue to pack food at a crazy pace. Mm-hmm. And so we're so thankful. Really, that was what kept the machine moving forward, is even when we couldn't have our normal volunteers in the door, there was still... A, amazing donations coming in consistently. You know, we moved, one of the biggest things we've done is we moved all of our events, our gala events and our other fundraising events online. Mm-hmm. And just this last fall, we took everybody on a, what we call a fiat trip, which is a food and action trip. And people could join us online 
and um, go have an experience walking through the Philippines uh, and seeing this food firsthand. And yeah. so we've adapted in those ways, a lot of online activity, um, but really things are starting to come back, at least with our volunteers, are coming back more and more all the time. Now, mm-hmm. like every every government on the planet has had to react, some very similar, some very different to sure. what's been going on with the pandemic. Was there um, hurdles in keeping your, your international relationships intact? You know, this is, again, this is where our amazing partners come into play. You know, you imagine a country like Uganda where they shut the whole place down. Mm-hmm. People who go out and get food every day hand to mouth. So we have our partners who got permission to deliver food by motorcycles or deliver wow. it to individual families. And so what our partners have been able to do to continue to get food in, I mean, our partners in Haiti have seen an assassination. They've seen another earthquake. Yeah. They've seen mm-hmm. hurricanes. And yet they continue, have figured out, you know, we can move food around at different times of the day and have continued to be able to get food to move around the country. Mm-hmm. And really one of the coolest things has been the networks in country. We've created these things years ago, um, the groups that we introduced all of our partners together in country. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've been communicating with each other so much in Haiti. We had a partner yesterday share that, when the earthquake hit a different part of Haiti, he called up and said, I have two containers. Let's get those down there right away, knowing that FMC would resupply him. Yeah. And that kind of relationship in country, too, has been critical in all the places we wow. serve. So you just see Christ working. You see the spirit working in the midst of all this stuff. Just just it's it's humbling. It's yeah. humbling to see it. Yeah, we call them our crops groups, and they really have uh, changed the game in a lot of countries that we serve in. You know, we have some bigger partners that can get containers in for a lot cheaper price. And so they help get the containers in for some of these small organizations that may be more. It's been amazing to watch the teamwork yeah. happen. Very cool. Just that, that I don't know how to, it's hard to, to put it into words, but just to hear about, not, not to sound too crass, but God has a way of squeezing the love out of sinners um, <laughs> and right. how people come together. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, this isn't easy work, even when things are in the best circumstances. Right. Uh, but to see people giving even more, um, giving of their heart and, and loving on their neighbors, it's it's an amazing thing. It's it's a God thing. Well, you see it even today in Fargo that somebody will stop yeah. by a church on a Thursday yeah. afternoon and write a large check to feed kids. Right. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. You're driving around Fargo, you're in a church parking lot, you walk in, maybe they belong to the church, maybe they don't. They've come in, they've given money to feed kids. It's, it's amazing to watch it unfold. Yeah. yeah. That's right. And I just, I don't know if you guys got to talk before I came in about, um, last week, I had the opportunity to be on a lunch and learn with Mark Crea, CEO of FMSC, and Junior O'Brand, um, kind of re- uh, partner relations from uh, in the Caribbean for Feed My Starving Children. And they told some amazing stories about what it takes for that food to get from a warehouse, a Feed My Starving Children warehouse, to where it goes. I mean, Dave, do you mm-hmm. want to tell a little bit about those stories, about all the steps it goes through? Yeah. I mean... When it's packed and prayed over in our warehouse or at a mold pack, just imagine it's in a warehouse. You know, We joke about this a lot, that if you're going to have a food relief organization globally, Minnesota's a tricky place to do it. There's no water anywhere yeah. near. Uh, there's lots of lakes, but they don't work you know, to get right. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does leave our place, typically goes to the coast at some place, you know, whether that's the East Coast or down to Galveston or out to Florida, and then leaves or out to the California and then leaves there by boat. Mm-hmm. And imagine how long that takes to get there. And then when it arrives in port, it has to clear customs. It has to get through customs. That's That itself is a process. Yep. And then the real fun begins. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have uh, stories from parts of Asia where food is trickier to get in at this time, where it's coming in by truck, it's going to motorcycles, it's going to people carrying it on their backs, it's going on motorcycles, it's going in small boats. 
And so, really, if the rice could tell a story by the time it gets from where it started to where it ends, mm-hmm. um, I thought it would be so great one time if we could have a video just watching the rice being harvested to where it ends up. Mm-hmm. It'd be wow. amazing the frequent That's flyer right. miles that a grain of rice will have by the time it gets to where it's supposed to go. <laughs> and so, uh, it really is an amazing journey. And yet, when I was in Honduras about six years ago, picking up a bag of food and realized it had been packed just six weeks ago in mm-hmm. Minnesota, and now was in Honduras. That's right. And so. I think about too, like you guys are still able to keep those um, uh, supply lines open year round. You hear about all these supply shortages and, and, you know, ships being, being just off the coast and unable to unload. Have you found any issues with uh, your supplies being able to get where they need to go? Yeah. I mean, our supply chain team has been unbelievable over the last few years. And they have said to us now, for example, you know, when you're planning mobile packs, we used to Somebody called me today and said, can we do a mobile pack in November? Before, we wouldn't have been able to say, sure, let's do it. Mm -hmm. Now the reality of it is we need 12 weeks or more just to get stuff in the door to get back to those events. Mm -hmm. So that's taking a little bit longer. But really, um, they have continued to shift our supply chain folks to order supplies out far enough in advance to make sure we have bulk product to get out. And as far as shipping it overseas, the biggest thing we always wrestle with in Minnesota in particular in the winter is just getting enough containers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not going to change. Um, we have also, you know, we lost some relationships with trucking companies when we were closed for that year for mobile pack. And so we're doing situations now where trucks are showing up at mobile packs. So we have to unload it live. They leave for three days, go do more work, come back, and we live loading, not leaving trucks in places. And so just lots of adaptation yeah. on the fly yeah, to make sure that events can still happen and food is still getting out the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Efficient and faster. Uh, yes. More yes. moving pieces, though. More, <laughs> more, more creativity than we've ever known before, for sure. Yeah. More prayer needed for yeah. sure. Yes. I mean, really, the amount of staff it takes to get a meal to where it needs to go now is uh, more than it has been before because of all the creativity mm-hmm. that involves. But yeah. Yeah. So, how you're, many? You're definitely playing chess, not checkers. That's <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Waiting for that long play move. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> yes. How many events did you say that you've done so far? I'd say we're probably 30. We relaunched June 1st and we started pretty slow in the summer. And we mm-hmm. had a few churches that just said, we'll take this chance with you. Uh-huh. really amazing churches that stepped up into that kind of first event of what is this going to look like? Um, and it really has picked up speed now that we're probably doing five or six a weekend here through October and into November. So okay, things are happening again. And, and I'm sure even from the time you started until now, the rules have changed it to in you yes. know, how you, how you have to do things. You know, we worked a year on this process. We did two practice events in April. We relaunched June 1st. And two weeks later, CDC changed all the guidelines again. Yep. And so it's been an ongoing thing. And the, the tricky part is, at any given day, I'll talk to somebody in Utah, California, North Dakota, out east, down south. Every one of those conversations is different. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And everybody has different regulations and different mandates. And so our staff, God bless them, have been so flexible to here we're wearing masks, here we're not, here we're doing this, here we're doing this. Um, and you just have to kind of take each event. We've really treated each event as if it's never happened before. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. we're planning events now as if they've never happened, working through all the safety protocols, making sure everybody's up to speed. It's just a little bit more of an intense process than it has been before. Yeah. yeah. It's it's neat, though, that, you're, that you are uh, being flexible like that because there are probably places where um, there's more strict regulations. You know, you can't have as many people in. So you're not setting one... One policy for everybody, you're being flexible to, to be able to maximize what you're able to do depending where you're at. Yeah, and there are some things that we can't budge on because we are an FDA organization. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to have social distance and packing. We have to have smaller numbers yep. of people. But last weekend, and we were at an event in Green Bay, Wisconsin, and their team called and said, we are not under a mask mandate. 
we would feel better if we had masks worn here. And mm. it was met with very little pushback. Mm-hmm. And people understood it was because there was a lot of folks together and a lot of kids together uh, that they, they did that. And we had a great turnout there. So Very right. cool. Very cool. Focus on the cause, not the... Not the hindrances. That's right. And that's what we talk about here. You know, we're going to do the hard things. Is there, would we love to be back with seven, 800 people a shift? Yes. But it's important that we do continue to love our neighbor, do what we need to do to be safe, but be able to feed these kids. And if that means a few more shifts or we spread out and we need more room between the stations, you know, we made the choice that we are going to do this. And we look at it kind of like last year, um, we didn't get to pack in person here in Fargo-Moorhead at all. This year, we get to do it at more kind of like a three-quarter rate, we're kind of calling Mm -hmm. it. And by next year, we hope to be able to be back at full speed, and it's important to be able to keep those meals going out, to keep feeding the spirits of local people, to allow them to come and volunteer, to come and give like you are now um, to support this organization and to keep building that up. Because using volunteer, working and using, that's not the right word, working with volunteers is so much about the DNA of Feed My Starving Children. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been blessed that they were able to find that way to use Machine Pack to keep the food going out because the need is so great you know you talk about so many people around the world the partners keep saying over and over that this is their only hope this is the only consistent place they can get food from and we have to keep doing what we can to be able to keep packing this food because the need is so huge Mm -hmm. so i'm looking forward to when when we get to be you know uh, get our hands dirty and be and, and be doing the pack but i do have a question about um, how to motivate a smaller group to pack as much food. Have you sped up your song playlist to one and a half time? <laughs> no. Um, no. Would you be interested in a speed metal workout uh, oh playlist my. that I have made for when I do my, my martial arts workouts or, or Ryan's youth ministry playlist in the car? Because well, that really gets people bumping. Actually, I have a question before you answer that. <laughs> as, oh, boy, here as, it comes. Well, no, this is for DJ. Actually, this is for DJ. Oh, okay. With as effective as it is, have you worked Sweet Caroline into your <laughs> in, into we your love set list? Our Sweet Caroline. I'm gonna I'm gonna add that later today because that one just slipped my mind. Why it's not in my playlist already? I have no idea. I think Beastie Boys and Sweet Caroline is a nice mix. I think the Beastie Boys singing Sweet Caroline would be. Oh my. Sometimes I wonder though, Sweet Caroline is like everybody sings along and loves it and it brings the the energy up in the room. But I wonder, are we packing while we're singing Sweet Caroline? Well, and so I use I use a playlist for for a workout that I do because I I do martial arts and it just kind of keeps me going. I don't know if I can stop and go ba 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 halfway through it. So maybe three punches instead. Three punches, there we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I love it. I, I, I don't remember if we've talked about this off air or if we talked about it when we when we recorded the podcast last year, but you have a specific set list, right, that, that you found works well, right? Yeah, I mean, there certainly are, you know, if you want people to slow down packing, if it's too fast, you play YMCA. It's just <laughs> a given, you know. Um, and this is... Maybe one of the greatest points of tension with our staff because these folks, you know, they've heard the they same. They hear it over. If you, sweet Caroline for staff is like nails in their eyes. You know? So um, it's just that's a, why they were flinching every time. Yeah, they're like and, they twitch when we ask for it, and they're like, "Oh, I suppose." And sometimes you just, you know, they're like, "Can I just?" I used to hear this line all the time when I was supervising. Can I just play my music? Well, no. <laughs> um, it takes too much explanation to people what it is. First of all, and really, music does, it's amazing still even with smaller groups of people, the impact that music has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, uh, especially now, 
Yep. When I was at a few events last weekend, I think people are so excited to be in a room with other people, singing along, celebrating, doing something that feels normal, that the music becomes, dare I say, almost healing for people yep. in mm-hmm. that situation right. just to be together. So That's one of Martin Luther's famous sayings that aside from the Holy Spirit working through the word, the Holy Spirit works through music. It's very true. Yeah. I'm not sure about the Beastie Boys, but we'll probably not. <laughs> That's another podcast on their own. Uh, <laughs> oh, the we're getting they comments the from the tech room saying, play Sweet Caroline. We're like, <laughs> the requests are coming in. Didn't Beastie Boys sing, you have to fight for your right to party? Yeah. They did. Yeah. Oh, so my. really, there you go. we're fighting for our right to mobile pack. Maybe oh, we'll <laughs> work that song in. <laughs> Let me just say that that Michael W. Smith doesn't have the same kind of bass beat that, that gets you going as, as the Beastie Boys doesn't does. Drive. Oh, but we can play why. Why can't I praise him as loud as I want? Come on now. <laughs> and, and with Michael W. Smith, you probably don't have to screen it before you. That's true. Yeah. There's not a lot of beeping out of words. <laughs> and we can be friends forever with Michael W. Smith. So really, Absolutely. we could keep going. Any we could keep going. Oh, maybe we should. You know, this is fun, though. This is what makes podcasts yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. David Crowder's got some bumps to him. He's got some bumps. Got some bumps. Or what's but, the word you learned uh, on the youth mi- mission trip? What it's uh, Bussin'. We're re- we're, if we use it, it's... It sounds old. Right. It bussin. Bussin. Bussin, bussin. Yeah, all of us parent just, age people can't use these words. They've just yeah, taken the word. The there's a, a thing that's just gone on, on social media that says take that word out now because some adults <laughs> have used it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, we're not using bussin anymore because adults just said they, online. Because they just found out. Well, it's funny because uh, so um, there, we will do a game night every so often at Pastor Cross's place. And I, I used that. Uh, w- one of the one of the girls that was there, one of the I, th- she, uh, I can't remember if she's junior or senior, uh, but uh, she tried something. And I said, "Hey, was that bussin'?" And she just gave me this <laughs> blank <laughs> stare. Don't do it. Don't if do by it. Any chance no. there was a teenager listening to this podcast? They've just turned it off. Yep, it's yeah, done. It's done. Just like it's we're getting we've, the we've maximum eye roll. <laughs> we've alienated the the twelve to twenty five demographic right there. Yep. <laughs> So, so we are, we're going to be doing this today until 8.30 this evening, right? That's we're, right. We're, and we're hoping to, to raise. $480,000. We're, we're trying to get at least halfway there today. So mm-hmm. $200,000 today would be great. Yes. <laughs> and this is going to go toward uh, the, the pack. That's in, right. In so, wh- I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'm like. We're, we're getting she's, there, right? He, he, See, I'm like anticipating uh, what he's going to say. She, yep, she, she's <laughs> antsy, ladies and gentlemen. She loves this. This is her wheelhouse. So she's go ahead. Up. She is fired up today. So we are going to pack meals together February 2nd through the 5th, 2020. Two, not 2020. We're not going back. We're not going back. <laughs> Let's to not do that. Let's not do that. <laughs> February 2nd through the 5th, 2022 at Shields Arena, the Fargo Mobile Pack. Our entire community, our entire region will come together to pack 2 million meals. But we have to pay that grocery bill for those meals, $480,000. We're going to work with over 8,000 local volunteers, over 13 shifts. We've got large groups scheduled now. And so... You know, we're just very passionate about being able to do that after having a whole year off. You know, it was hard for us to not be able to pack last year. And we talk about, you know, the emotional things going through the polar vortex and shifts canceled in 2019 and then and and 2020 packing two million meals. And then we were one of the last packs in 2020, kind of before the pandemic hit Mm -hmm. the end of January. There were a few more and then they had to shut down that spring. And so last year we brought 
we we decided to do something creative and do this telethon, a one-day telethon like we're doing now um, on the day, like the Thursday that the pack would have started. Mm-hmm. And so last year we were able to raise over $100,000 for those machine pack meals last year. But we are so excited to be able to come back and pack this year. We weren't sure, you know, how things were looking, but we know, yes, there's some rules we have to follow, some some social distancing. There's screening questions when you come. Um, when we open registration to the public, we want you to try to register as a group of 10 to fill a whole table because there'll be 10 people uh, at the table so we can maximize the most amount of people volunteering so that they can, you know, that we can fill people in body and spirit. Because when you come and pack, I mean, all of you have done it before, how much it fills your spirit. We're talking about the songs and the energy. We say it's the most fun you can have in two hours, right? In a a hairnet. And and to know that we can do that. So the wor- whatever kind of work that has to happen, raising funds, you know, the scheduling, the talking to people, the explaining it, what we have to do at the arena, all of it will be worth it because we will feed kids and we will get to have an amazing time over that four days yeah. at Shields Arena. You know, yeah. and Amy, I don't, sorry to interrupt, but I don't yeah. think that $480,000 is an unreasonable amount. When when oh, no. you and Pastor Cross were talking about this on Sunday, you break it down, that's, that's 480 families or small groups or life groups or businesses that are in earshot of this uh, telethon uh, investing $1,000 to feed children and to feed your neighbor, to to feed those in need. And when we think about, you know, the amount of of, uh, disposable income that we have, and, and, you know, I mean, $1,000 is a lot of money, but it's it's totally doable to go to do do something that is going to bless others and bless you. That if if there's 480 groups that are listening to this today, now's the time. Now's your opportunity right. to go and do this. Um, the Holy Spirit may be poking you in the back on this. Um, here's your chance to be a part of this, and it's super exciting and it's totally doable. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, and if you're part of a small business or a smaller organization or a small group, maybe you look around and go, we have nine employees that work here. What would it look like if we gave enough money to feed those nine employees for a year? Mm-hmm. You know, or, or, or any kind of just kind of looking at the, the situation that you're in. What would it look like to, to donate enough to feed my family for a year or to feed my small group for a year? Uh, it can be all kinds of creative ways that you can do it yeah. to say, man, if I had these nine people with me for the next year and I could feed them for a year by this donation, I would certainly do that. Yeah. yeah. And so just like you said, breaking it down to those smaller numbers really makes a huge difference. Yep. You know, I love, and not only... Breaking it down that way to looking at it, how can, am I feeding? You know, when you think about your employees or, or your team members, and I want to think, you know, we've had enti- the entire West Fargo High School come pack with us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, about over a thousand kids come pack, and what you know, they can't raise that money. It's about each person packs about one by about fifty dollars worth of food. You know, so people always ask us, why doesn't everybody just pay for what they pack when they come? Well, if you're coming with your family of six and fifty dollars a person, that might be outside of your budget mm-hmm. for your family of six. But somebody else who does have the ability to give the thousand dollars can help to allow. You know, a thousand dollars means that that is like twenty kids can pack 
Mm -hmm. because you gave that gift. And I want you to think about those 20 kids in that classroom, in that high school, the impact that has on their life. Mm -hmm. You know, that this is more for us than feeding kids. This is about the impact we have on these students and why we work so hard to raise this money so that these students can come back. Because we have seen all of the data that shows that volunteerism, what it does to help the development of a young person, what it helps them learn, it gives them purpose, Mm -hmm. it gives them this understanding that they are helping someone else and and that maybe even though their life might be upside down and crazy they might have not have much it gives them hope themselves we talk about the hope that the food has on the people that are receiving it i want to talk about the hope that these kids get when they see that they can help someone else that they can make a difference and maybe that is something that has never crossed their mind before because of the situation that they're in in life they get that hope and they're like, you know what? I can make a difference. Mm-hmm. I can go to college. I can go to tech school. I can go get this job. I don't have to stay stuck um, in this rut that I'm in or in this you know, depression or negativity or whatever that I have going on. It gives them hope yeah. to go and make a difference. And they see us as a community coming together to give, to work together. They see people loving their neighbor, and that makes such an amazing difference in their lives long-term. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, and the flip side of that, too, one of the coolest things we're starting to discover at Feed My Starving Children as well mm-hmm. is now we've been around for 30-plus years. We're starting to see kids who are now adults That's right. who ate this food as a kid, and the difference that is made for those kids, too, and who they're becoming. Oh, We yeah. have a video that we share now from a gentleman in Haiti who grew up on the food. Uh, came to a pack, had a chance to eat it, realized what it was. He is now supporting kids in Haiti, sending them to school. And so not only kids here whose lives are changed, but kids internationally as well. Imagine who these kids are becoming in their communities. Mm -hmm. uh, Now that they've had a chance to get an education, have some hope, and what they're doing to bless their communities as they grew up too. Absolutely. very cool. So um, what, uh, Amy, I know it's early, yeah, but... What sort of buzz are you are you finding around around the community? <laughs> well, when we started um, doing publicity for this, you know, we have some billboards in town. We've sent some letters. We've sent some emails. We've been communicating, and then out of the work work came the people that want to volunteer. So we have the the community interest has been huge, and we weren't sure. We were again something else you can pray for is that we would be able to find all the volunteers. Mm-hmm. But I have been overjoyed just in the last week with the number of groups that have come forward saying, yes, we still want to have our, our group of 300. Yes, our church still wants to come as a whole. New groups like Holly Lutheran and, and existing groups like Atonement and, and Bethel and Bell Bank all wanting to still come and the schools still wanting to come. And it just breaks my heart, you know, that we can't have all the schools, but we have to do what we need to do to be safe. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want people to understand that arena costs money. You know, it's part of what we're raising money for now. You know, we have to rent a large venue that mm-hmm. costs money too. Yeah. So people are like, why don't you just do more days? Well, you know, there's lots of factors that go into this mm-hmm. and you never know. God works in amazing ways, yeah. but this, um, this is chess, this is, not checkers. That's right. <laughs> and so, so far we have like four or five schools lined up and like four churches and three businesses. And they keep calling, you know, and I haven't checked my email at all today. So we'll see. What, <laughs> so there is definitely a desire in the community to serve. And so we just need want everybody to understand that there's a grocery bill associated with us serving. And if we come together to raise this money, to raise the $480,000, we get to have it. I just want people to understand yeah. it's, you know, that money has to come from somewhere. We have to raise it in the community. So if everybody just gives a little bit, we will get there. Yep. Yes. And 
So um, we uh, we're gonna be going for what another nine minutes? Is that right? For, for I think this, so. For this yep. episode, we're gonna take this up to two o'clock. So, do you have uh, anybody like we did a, a, a bag in Strinden this morning? That's had, right. Had a match. Do we have any more coming up this we afternoon? We do. Well, we had that. Well, right now we're in the middle of a challenge to match. We had a five thousand dollar anonymous gift come in, and so I issued a personal challenge saying, "Hey, let's see if we can match this anonymous donor." So I don't know where we are in that in the next in this hour, but we have two more. We have a match from Summit Sightworks, and we have a match from Atonement Lutheran so far. And hey, if you're a business owner or an individual out there and you want to make a gift and say, hey, I want to challenge other people to match my gift, let us know. Call us on that phone number, 701-237-9651. And even if you hear this next week, you can still do it then. Um, (laughs) And you can call (laughs) us and say, hey, I want to make this gift and I want to see if somebody can match it in the next 15 minutes Mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, we're, we're, we would love to do that all day, but there's going to be two more. Another one we're going to issue here, I think probably at about two or three o'clock and then another one this evening for sure that we know of. And, and we'll see what happens throughout the day. Thanks to amazing people like those that are watching and listening. Yeah. You know what I love? It means that nobody in Fargo knows their own telephone number anymore because you just know it's something. <laughs> <laughs> everybody knows the number to a Tobin Lutheran Church. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> That's great. Well, hopefully we can get an updated total here before we go, but... As we heard at the beginning of the episode, someone is not here with us right now. Yeah. But Sarah feels as though she would like to ask a question. Oh. Awesome. She would like to know, what is your favorite job when packing? Oh, my. So for those that aren't familiar at the pack, you know, people, for those that haven't joined us, when you come, there's... People who put the date labels on the bags. There's people at the station who, there's people who scoop uh, rice, soy, vitamins, and veggies. There's people who are holding the bag on the funnel. There's people who are then taking the full bag and weighing it to make sure it's the right weight. Then they send it down and then, the, and then it's sealed and mm-hmm. then it's put in a box. And then there's warehouse people that are moving the big buckets of rice and soy and vitamins and veggies to the station. And then there's also these warehouse people that are moving the full boxes um, to the station. So mm-hmm. I do want to, I'll tell you guys last, but I want to know what your favorite things are too. I love Sarah's question. Boy, okay, so um, I really enjoyed working in the back, working in the in the warehouse, mm-hmm. only because um, uh, one, I didn't have to think about what I was doing. Uh, there was always someone who would tell me what I needed to do, yell at you even. The it, well, yeah, and and <laughs> needing to yell because it's so loud in there anyway. Yeah. Uh, but but really quick to change on the fly, like like every job that needed to be done, we were all trained in advance, so it it wasn't just doing the same thing for two hours. It was. It was wrapping. It was um, at one point I was digging through um, a gigantic uh, bag of rice just to make it, just to double check that it was all ready to go, um, and putting putting marks on the outside. There's so many different pieces that need to be done. I'd say working in the in the warehouse was was the most um, uh, enjoyable experience for me, and also the hardest. <laughs> in that, by the time I was done in two hours in the warehouse, I was I was worn out. Yeah, um, not uh, this year. That with your playlist this year, you'll be ready to go. Yeah, year. that's right. But that when I did that, that was a couple years ago when it was like the polar vortex and it was ninety oh, de- ninety below, and, and we kept opening and closing. <laughs> well, you just got tired because you were wearing so many clothes. That's true. Time. Here that comes is Mark. True. Oh no! Oh my! What's he got? I don't uh, know. Oh, oh, it's a picture of Sarah. Oh, good. Oh, oh, see, Sarah. Sarah's with us. She's, Hi, Sarah. She's listening, and uh, uh, she had. Um, other commitments, I believe, 
either that and or, i think i stole her headset so yeah. sorry well, I, Sarah. Well, I wasn't gonna say it that amy kicked her to the curb but <laughs> we did not and sarah sarah joking. and her business is managing all of our social media for feed my starving children fargo so thank you sarah so she just cut us off this, facebook right there yeah she's gonna be like so much for you i'm not promoting this anymore no uh oh my uh, gosh actually, <laughs> so um uh well, she has another question we'll see whoa, if we, whoa, we get didn't to answer it. the what's first your, question well, what's I, know, your favorite I, thing? I, I said we'll see if we get to it uh but i have to we have to finish this round of questioning i like uh even though it does make my back scream i like to do the ceiling and the packing of the boxes in fact i've kind of found that i'm sort of like a st- stand back I'll get this box packed <laughs> myself because I like to have it flipped just right. And I found a new technique for for making sure that I have them right when I was at the, the permanent site. So nice. I'll share it with everybody off off air. Oh, secret skills. Yeah. We'll have a secret yeah. training at the Shields Arena this year. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yep. So um, I'm a boxing ninja. Yeah, a ceiling ninja. Ce- ceiling. Ceiling, <laughs> ceiling and boxing. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of protective of it. So. Well, I know, I know this will shock you guys. I often get kicked out of uh, scooping because I'm talking too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so I personally love to be at the boxing station, which is different now. We don't have a table anymore for boxing. It just all happens on a chair and you have to keep track. But I just like that because I'm free to talk with people, be as loud as I want, set up cheers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the speed that which it happens. And really, when yeah. you're touching that food and it's coming in that box, I mean, if you've been around this for a while, you're realizing – Every bag, six more kids. Every bag, six yeah. more kids. Mm-hmm. Every wow. box, 216 kids. And you yell out for a box, it take what, two minutes to pack it. And just like that, there's 200 kids with something to eat. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. pretty, cra- pretty crazy. Yeah. So All those right. that know me are going to know this is no shock and awe. But I love to be the person that is on the bags under the funnel. Oh. Because personally, I think the bags under the funnel drive the whole station <laughs> and you know that know me you know i like to be in charge shocking off um <laughs> but <We're all> <laughs> and and so but it is like if you can't keep that bag under that funnel and filling it you're not gonna and and it's so much fun and mark knows this mark's guilty he's over here uh doing tech things that we will have challenges and nobody is going to pack <laughs> more than my table okay so now 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 i have not one but two people i cannot work the funnel with becky or with amy yes yeah. becky's back yeah becky loves be it on that one well, too the challenge to you now i'h uh, put to you is we have a few folks that come into the set on a regular basis that are one-handers oh my one-hand bag yeah. openers so they have two gone at a time oh now i gotta one, learn how to do that two. One, oh two. my goodness! So they're opening it, getting it ready, and funneling it with one hand. It's amazing the, to watch. The funny part about wow. that—the funny part about that—is that that is the one job I can't do. I can't. Either. I can do the scooping. I can do the weighing. I can do the sealing. The a, boxing. It's a skill. Well, I I, I drop it all the time, <laughs> without fail. It'll it, it'll they'll dump stuff in there and. Hey, the yep. crazy thing is, you know, they, they teach it by saying it's just like opening a big potato chips. I'm like, I should be a pro at that. Right, right. <laughs> I, I can still, I guess my hand is so busy going for the chips, I've never tried to put it back on. Before, so. Oh, that's great. Okay, so uh, uh, Sarah had one more question, and then we'll get all the info for the for the, the mobile pack and everything. She would like to know, we're backing up a little bit. I missed her text earlier. She would like to know. Why nine to five is not in the song rotation oh. at the events? You know, Sarah loves Ch- Miss Dolly. Chances Miss Dolly. are, this is probably the reality of it: that <laughs> most of the staff that works at FMSC that's put together those playlists is too young to know who Dolly. 
We might have to Fair add enough. that to our mix. And we don't want anybody leaving before 5 o'clock either. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going past 5. That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. We're working 5 to 9. Uh, Great question, it. though. Great 5 question. to 9, that's good. So, all right. Let's hear all the info for uh, the, the rest of today and then the, uh, the, the backing event that's coming up at the beginning of 2022. You bet. Well, thank you, that podcast, for having Dave and I on. Thank you for listening to us today, uh, joining us in live and in person, and those that will hear this when we release this episode later. But we are raising funds. The Feed the 5,000 Telethon for the Fargo Mobile Pack for Feed My Starving Children. Our goal is to pack 2 million meals, which will feed 5,479 kids for an entire year. And the cost for all of that is $480,000. That is the grocery bill to pack 2 million meals. So we are working to raise $480,000 as quickly as we can so we can get those groceries bought and here. And we will pack in February 2022, February 2nd through the 5th at Shields Arena. You can learn more at fmsc.org slash Fargo. You can give there. You can follow along about when to sign up to register. We are taking large volunteer groups now. So like anything over 50 people in your group, you can um, notify me. There's my information's right on the website, fmsc.org slash Fargo, and reach out about volunteering. But now we would love for you to give and rise to the challenge to feed the 5,000. You can do that fmsc.org slash Fargo, or you can call us at 701-237-9651. Fantastic. Dave, thanks oh. for making the trip up here. Always a pleasure. Great to be in Fargo and just love the heart for FMSC. It's just great to work with you guys. That's yeah. fantastic. We need to come back and do the podcast sometime and talk some theology sometime. Though. That'd be fun. I would That'd love be that. I, fun. It warmed my heart so much as I'm working this morning and I see your silhouette walk by my door. I'm like, <laughs> Dave's here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Today's going to be a good day. Yeah, appreciate that. Appreciate that. <laughs> the right. Pastor Packer. That's what we're yeah. calling. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Dave Gunlickson, thank you so much. Uh, somebody like to close us out in, in prayer? I'll pray. Absolutely. Thanks. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this day. We thank you what, for what you are doing um, through uh, Feed My Starving Children, through the, the mobile pack, through this telethon, through your people all around the world that coming are coming and loving on each other and sharing the love of Christ uh, in order to bring life-saving food uh, to people around the world who are in, in great need. And Lord, thank you for uh, bringing this word to us that we can be a part of it, that we can we can be a part of, of, of gathering the resources that are needed to pack these meals, to get them to people, and to feed them for a whole year. Um, and so, Lord, um, uh, we, we humbly uh, seek your guidance and, uh, and, and give you thanks for the people who are hearing and, and partnering to make this happen. Let this go forth. Uh, may your love, may your goodness, may your gospel go forth with the gift of food. All of this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you all for joining us today. Uh, as always, this weekend, you can find us on atonement.live, atonementfargo.org, or on the YouTubes by searching Atonement Fargo for services at 9 a.m. and 1030. That's a tradition service and a modern service, 9 and 1030. You can find all of our past content on YouTube by searching Atonement Fargo. So for Pastor DJ Lura, Amy Okason, Dave Gunlickson, and Sarah DeYoung, who's right here in front of us. As I'm, always. As always. I'm Ryan Janke. Join us next time for another riveting episode of That Podcast. Oh, I forgot the music. Sorry. <laughs>